My name is Stuart Mazell. I'm a pastor here. It's great to see all of you here, both uh, longtime members and first-time guests. Thanks for being here with us, and uh, thanks for all of you who are joining us online. Uh, last week, we started a series that I've entitled Reaching Out Without Freaking Out. The desire there is how do we, as a church, who we may not feel like we are quote-unquote gifted in outreach, but how can we, every single one of us, engage in some activities that reach out into our community out of love for them and in the name of Jesus? Last week, we looked at how we are to pray, and that is something that every single one of us can do. We can pray, pray for God to raise up leaders who will go out into the community and proclaim the gospel, uh, pray for opportunities for us as a church, open doors, as Paul called it, to walk through and engage in ministry. We can pray that God would empower us to speak his truth in love with humble boldness. And we can pray that the Spirit will draw people that we know and love who do not yet know him to Himself. That's what we talked about last week. I, I would encourage you, if you haven't thought about that since last week, to give it some more thought and to put into practice what we've heard from last week. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about something completely different, but I think it will be helpful to us. And before I say that, I want to read a, a, um, a quote from an article that I read by one of my former professors who said, as the U.S., the United States, steadily becomes a post-Christian society, which I, I would imagine that all of us can see that that is happening, maintaining churches will not be enough. What he's saying is maintenance mentality in the church will not be enough to sustain us. It has never really been enough if churches are to survive and, more importantly, fulfill their divine mandate, churches will need to learn how to re-evangelize America. Re-evangelize America. And that's part of why this series is so important. Because we cannot just assume that everybody knows the good news of Jesus. We cannot assume that everybody understands what is really true and right and good. In fact, the likelihood is they don't know the, the gospel of Jesus and they don't know what is really true and right and good according to the way God defines things. And so how do we as a church, how do we be faithful to this divine mandate? Well, today we're going to talk about one particular way and I will say it's a surprising one. Are you ready? We're going to be looking at two Proverbs from chapter 18. So if you want to turn there in your Bibles or if you want to look at the screen, you can read those. And we're also going to be taking a look at a passage from James chapter 1. So if you want to find those in your own Bible or if you'd rather look at the screen, you can do so. Here is the Word of God from Proverbs 18, verse 2 and 13. 
and from James 1, 19 through 20. God's word says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Proverbs 18, 13. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. And James chapter 1, verses 19 through 20. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we are thankful for your great love for us that you have displayed in coming down from heaven and putting on flesh, living this perfect life of righteousness in our place, dying for sinners like me and these folks and people all around the world, rising from the dead to give us life in your name. Jesus, we are thankful for what you have given to us And now we pray that by your spirit, you would help us to hear and to see and to understand the truth that we find in the scriptures in your word. Uh, Father, we thank you that it is your truth that sanctifies us. It is your truth that causes us to move from unbelief to belief, uh, from from death to life, from Uh, sinful behaviors and thoughts to what is true, right, and good. Will you please help all of us today, whether we are a believer or not, today to hear the truth and respond to it with faith, repentance, and obedience by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So there's this uh, clinical psychiatrist that I really appreciate. He's written several books, done lots of conferences and that sort of thing. He, his name is David Burns. And uh, he tells a story about a couple who were having some marital issues. We'll call them Hal and Hannah because he changed the names so that protect their... Um, you know, their privacy. So Hannah told Dr. Burns about an incident that had happened earlier that morning. Hannah felt criticized by her husband, Hal, because he had said to her, you never listen. And so Dr. Burns said, wow, that must have hurt your feelings. And she said, yeah, he's been criticizing me about that for the past 35 years. 35 years she's been hearing him criticizing her that she never listens. And Dr. Burns said, well, how does that make you feel? And she said, makes me feel hurt, resentful, lonely, discouraged, and put down. Dr. Burns said, yeah, I can understand that. 
So what did you say after he said this morning, you never listen for the you know, umpteenth time? What did you say to him? And she said, oh, I just ignored him. That's what we do, right? We don't like being criticized about not listening. But then we prove ourselves to be people who don't listen. In, a, in an article entitled, Everybody's Talking, But No One's Listening, Olaf Werder says, in a world of mass communication and social media, people seem prepared to share their opinion on almost any subject. Right? Have you seen that? But today, when people talk online and offline, any real dialogue seems to have given way to parallel monologues. Not a dialogue, not conversation, but a monologue, just speaking on your own, paired with an inability to actively listen. And I have to admit, as a society, I, and I think you've probably seen this, and you've probably experienced it, we're not all that great at listening. We love to share our opinions. We love to talk. But we're not that great at listening. And now maybe you're thinking, well, Stuart, what does this have to do with outreach? What does this have to do with reaching out without freaking out? Well, here is your main point for today. That effective outreach, effective outreach requires listening. Effective outreach requires listening. I can bet that some of you are saying, no, wait a minute, Stuart. You are trying to pull a fast one on us. Outreach isn't about listening. It's about speaking. It's about proclaiming. It's about expressing and articulating the good news of Jesus to other people so that they will listen, not us. Right? It's kind of the way our mentality and yet, it, it is true that outreach in the name of Christ will inevitably need to speak the truth in love to others. It, inevitably, we will have to do some speaking. Outreach that is totally silent is not outreach. Okay? I hope we all can agree on that point, at least. But that doesn't mean that listening isn't a major part of outreach endeavors. As one author put it, God wants more of the Christian than just our good listening, but not less. Let me read that again. God wants more of the Christian than just our good listening, but not less. And as uh, Janet Dunn says in an article that was uh, published in Discipleship Journal, and the, and the, the article is entitled, How to Become a Good Listener, she says this, Many times God simply wants to use me as a channel of his affirming love as I listen with compassion and understanding. 
Often a person can be helped merely by having someone who will listen to him seriously. So let's think about this just for a minute. I mean, follow my logic. And I know sometimes my logic doesn't make sense, but follow my logic. If we live in a society in which we do not really listen to each other, and I think we can all agree that that, at least in some ways, is true. If the church, in our outreach, started listening to what other people are saying before we start expressing our views, our thoughts, our opinions, or our truths, would that make a difference in the way we are heard? Enter James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. God himself has already said this, right? Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person, not just some, every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow. To anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, again, I realize this is not an outreach passage, all right? You don't see so that you can win people over for Jesus in this. You don't see that in the passage. But what we see here is a passage on how we are to treat others in general. And that applies to outreach as well. It's not as if once we get past the outreach part, then we start listening to people. No, we start there. Quick to hear. But slow to speak. If we want to be effective in our outreach, and I believe we do, church. We, we do want to see people come to faith in Christ. We want to see the disciples. We want to see people discipled for Jesus. We want to see the nations proclaim the glory of God as they come to realize who Jesus is as Lord of lords and King of kings. That's what we want, right? And if that is what we want, then we will be more effective if we add on our tool belt listening to where people actually are rather than trying to preach to them where we wish they were. And this is because love is at the heart of outreach. Love is at the heart of outreach, and listening is an act of love. Love is at the, uh, the heart of outreach. God is an outreach God, right? John 3.16 tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his son. He reached out to us first 
We love because he loved us first. Jesus doesn't wait for us to come to him. He came to us first. Our God is an outreach-oriented God because he is a loving God. God is love, as the scriptures say. And so we reach out to others because we love them. Not so we can fill the pews, although that's nice. Uh, not so that we can put a little notch on our you know, evangelism chart, but because we love people. That's why we reach out to them in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus has loved us and has shown that love in the way that he has given his life for us. He has died for our sins and risen from the dead and given us life, given us an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade, given us everything we need for life and godliness. This is our God who has done all this for us out of love for us even while we were still sinners, while we were rebels while we were enemies, while we were shaking our fists at God and saying, I don't want to do it your way. I want to do it my way. I don't want to listen to you. I want to listen to my own heart, what I want. And even when we were acting like that, God so loved us that he gave, and he gave his son Jesus, and Jesus has paid the penalty for our sins, and he's risen from the dead to give us life, and now all who believe we're new creations in Christ. And we are called to love as he has loved us. Right? And part of that love is outreach, reaching out to others in the name of of Jesus, letting them know of the love of God, letting them know that we love them, and listening is an act of love. Do you know that? Listening is an act of love. Think about what Romans thirteen ten says: Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. If your neighbor is trying to tell you about something and you're just ignoring them, is that loving them? Is that doing what's right by them? Is that fulfilling the law where Jesus says that the two greatest commandments are love God with everything you are and love your neighbor as yourself? Think about that love your neighbor as yourself part. Do you want to be heard? Do you want to be listened to? When you have something to share, do you want people interrupting you or telling you you have no right to think that or believe that? Do you want, is that what you want? Or do you want someone who's going to say, I hear you, even if they disagree? I hear you. If that's what we want, then as Jesus says, do to others as you would have them do to you. We want to be listened to, therefore we listen as an act of love. Right? Again, again, think about this. If you love God, you will listen to him, right? 
I mean, loving God doesn't say, okay, well, I love God, but I never read his word. I never listen to sermons or Sunday school lessons. I never listen to see what God may be saying in any fashion or form. I mean, I don't care about that, but I love God. We would tell people, you're nuts if they said that. You've lost your mind. You can't love God without listening to God. Right? You with me? Well, if we love our neighbors as ourselves, we'll listen to them too. Not that they're like God. I mean, God is perfect in all of his ways, so we should listen to him just because of that. But out of love, we will listen to where our neighbors are. We want others to listen to us, so we are quick to listen to them. And that's the thought behind James 1, 19 through 20. It's love. Let every person be quick to hear so that you can love the other person well. Let every person be slow to speak so that you can love the other person well. Let every person be slow to anger so that you can show the love of God that has been given to us because our God is slow to anger. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. In fact, what He has done is He has loved us even while we were sinners, rebels, enemies. He gave us Jesus and gave us, lavished us with His grace and mercy and kindness And this is who our God is to us. And then he calls us also to love others the way he's loved us. So we listen. We're slow to speak. We're slow to anger. Again, think about our God. You know, we, we're all hung up on our, uh, our issues. And we've all got them, me included. We're all in this together in terms of we've got our problems, we've got our issues, we've got things that are wrong with us. And we sometimes like to talk about them a lot. You guys know that I have shared, I've shared with you many times, and some of you are probably hearing, t- tired of hearing about it, about my uh, fight with depression and anxiety. You know why I talk about that? One, I like to share, just like you. Amazing, isn't it? That we all like to talk about ourselves. (laughs) But second, I do that because I know that when I share that, it opens the door for other people to share their stories too. And I have learned that I am not the only one who deals with anxiety. I'm not the only one who deals with depression. And that helps us to connect with each other and love one another where we are, not where we want the other person to be. But sometimes we do get tired of hearing it, right? You ever been around somebody who just likes to gripe? You know what I'm talking about. Maybe it's that coworker 
that they never say anything positive. Everything out of their mouth is a criticism. Everything out of their mouth is negative. Everything that they say is just wet blanket on your day. You got anybody in mind when I'm saying that? I mean, we probably all do. You get tired of hearing it, don't you? You get tired of it. But listen to this. Our God is such a loving God that he invites us and he is quick to listen to our gripes, our worries, our concerns, our fears, our anxieties, our frustrations. As we said several weeks ago when we were talking about uh, the sermon series on prayer, and we said very clearly that God invites us just to share what is going on in our lives because he cares about us. We cast our cares on him because he cares for us. Right? That's the love of God that invites us to share what's going on with us. And he listens. Because he's a loving God. And in the same way, we who are new creations in Christ because of the death and resurrection of Jesus and by the work of the Spirit, we seek to be quick to listen to others. And slow to speak. And slow to become angry. There's another reason why good listening, listening well to others, is part of outreach. Not just that it expresses love, but also because good listening displays wisdom. All right? Good listening also displays wisdom, which is needed to speak the truth in love. We need wisdom. To speak the truth in love. Think about what we read just a few minutes ago from Proverbs 18. And, and I mentioned this uh, this morning to um, uh, Paul that uh, this might be the part where if you uh, want to have some steel-toed boots to put on, it might be a good idea. Because I'm coming for your toes. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. The Bible calls, sorry, God calls a person who does not want to understand, but only wants to, sh to express what he or she believes a fool. Social media, anyone? Or what about this one? Proverbs 18, 13. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is, it is his folly and shame. What's going on in that proverb? It's saying it is wisdom to listen before you speak. Listen before you espouse something. 
listen for what's really going on, not just on the surface, but underneath the surface, in order to be able to speak a word of wisdom to the other person. Because oftentimes, <laughs> we, uh, we don't listen well when other people are speaking and we just kind of say something. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book Life Together, describes this. He says, there is a kind of listening with, a, with half an ear listening with half an ear. Now, you have two ears. But this is only listening with half one ear, okay? There is a kind of listening with half an ear that presumes already to know what the other person has to say. It is an impatient, inattentive listening that despises the brother and is only waiting for a chance to speak and thus get rid of the other person. This is no fulfillment of our obligation, and it is certain that here too, our attitude toward our brother only reflects our relationship to God. You see, the way we treat people who are made in God's image is the way we treat God. Again, as James 1, 19-20 says, we are to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. One more quote from uh, Bonhoeffer in this book, Life Together. Christians have forgotten that the ministry of listening has been committed to them by him who is himself the great listener, and whose work they should share. We should listen with the ears of God that we may speak the word of God. It's that last phrase I really want us to hear. We should listen with the ears of God that we may speak the word of God. See, oftentimes we want to just speak the word of God without really listening to where someone actually is. And we speak truth to them, but they are not able to hear it. Now, some of that has to do with spiritual realities, right? But some of that has to do with the fact that we don't really hear where they're coming from, and we start on a different presumption than they do. We, we go after them with something, and we don't really know what they're dealing with, and we give them this surface, cursory kind of you know, uh, shallow truth. There's a, a situation where um, I, I know a couple who they had a, a, a miscarriage and they were reeling from this miscarriage. They were just devastated by it. And they ran into someone who did not know about it. And when they asked him, how are you doing? And they said, we're not doing well. And the person tried to cheer them up with Jesus. You know? Oh, you know, 
Jesus has got whatever you're going through. It's fine. You're going to be good. Look, I don't know what's happening in your life, but Jesus is all you need. It's okay. And that couple left not feeling encouraged, not feeling built up in their faith, but feeling like they were dismissed. Now, did what the person say was true? Yes. It was true. But was it the truth that that person, that couple needed to hear that day? Not in that way. There's a wisdom in being able to hear first and then speak. And church, we need to learn that. If we're going to be good at outreach, that's what we need to learn how to do. We listen with the ears of God that we may speak the word of God. All right, so wrapping up. Our action point for this week. I'm going to continue to do these until you tell me you're tired of them. Action point. Something I want you to do this week. Something based on what we see in the scriptures about listening. Your action point is seek growth as a listener. Seek growth as a listener. You're not going to drift toward being a good listener. Okay? You're not going to get better as a listener unless you give some attention to it. Believe me, I know. So, let me give you some specific ways that you can seek growth as a listener. First, if you know me, you know this is coming. Pray. Pray for spirit-empowered growth and listening. If you find that you are not a good listener, pray to the one who listens to your prayers, and say, Father, I need to be a better listener. Empower me by your Spirit that I will be able to listen well. Okay? That's one. Second, (laughs) when you're in a conversation with someone, try to avoid interrupting. Try to avoid jumping to conclusions about what's really going on with that person because, you know, maybe you might be wrong. Uh, Try to avoid judgmental assessments about what's really going on in their lives. And (laughs) try to avoid unsolicited advice when listening to someone. And guys, I'm talking to you husbands. I'm talking to you. We love to solve problems. I heard an amen. We we love to give unsolicited advice. Makes us feel good. Because we've got lots of good advice to share. We do. But sometimes the best thing we can do is listen and then ask this question. If we're wondering, do you want help in overcoming this problem or did you just want to be heard? Because if you just want to be heard, I will listen and I will ask questions and I will continue to do this. If you want a solution, I'll try to help you find one 
but I don't want to make any assumptions about your motives for why you're sharing this. I may be wrong, but I think your spouse will probably thank you for asking to see where she is coming from. So, try to avoid those things. And then finally, and we kind of already mentioned this, ask questions in order to understand. And let me just tell you, this is where I, I'm terrible. All right, I'm confessing my own um, problems with listening. I am terrible at asking follow-up questions. We go for a walk, my wife and I, and she tells me about something, and I say, hmm, that sounds tough. That sounds hard, because I can make pronouncements, but asking questions is really hard for me, and that's not an excuse. I want to grow in asking questions in order to understand, how did that make you feel when so-and-so said that? What was going on in your mind when that happened? How can I come alongside you and help you in this situation? if that's what you want. And let me give you two more things just to put in your pipe and smoke it. If you're not a pipe smoker, at least think about it. Um, Zoom meeting with Jehovah Missionary Baptist this Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Show up and listen to what our brothers have to say. You don't have to speak. Just listen. Listen to what people have to say. Listen to where they're coming from. That would help us tremendously in bridging the gaps between our different communities. And I will throw this out there one more time. This coming Saturday, Kevin Thumpston is going to be here for the Questions of the Heart conference. It's an outreach conference, and I want you to hear what part of his viewpoint is on what good outreach is. He says it's leaning in, listening for, and loving well. When you meet someone and they're going through something, you lean in, you listen for, and you love well. Why? Because that's what Jesus has done for us. He has leaned in to our problems. He knows us well, and he loves us well. And because he's done that for us, we're called to do that to others, even in our endeavors to bring people to see more of who Jesus is and come to faith. All right, so there's your homework. Let's seek to be better listeners. Because of God's love for us in Christ, let's become better listeners by the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me pray for us that we would be able to begin that journey. Let me pray. Um, Father, we're thankful for your word, and we are so thankful that you are slow to anger, and you're quick to listen. We're so thankful that you don't treat us as our sins deserve. Jesus, we're so thankful that you did not 
wait for us to be what we needed to be before you met us. No, you met us where we were, where we are. And you continue to do that day in and day out. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you give us ears to hear. And will you continue to grow us to be people who listen, not just to you, but to one another and to people outside of this building, that we would really hear their stories, we would really hear where they're coming from, and we would address them with wisdom and love. Will you help us to do this, Holy Spirit, because we can't do it without you. We need your empowerment. We need your, fulfill, we need your filling. We need your uh, abilities to make us better listeners. Cause us to grow in this for your glory, for our good, and for the good of the community around us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.